If you would take your Bible this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 43, or if you got the uh, church app, you can press the uh, sermon notes there and you'll see blue scripture. You can press that, or you can press the uh, Bible there and it'll open up as well. Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 7. I've been on this uh, theme about fear not that we went through October and into part of November. This will probably be the uh, last message in that series. We'll do a little bit on Thanksgiving and transition into the Christmas season. But uh, on this uh, focus about fear not this morning, I want to kind of wind down from these scriptures in Isaiah 4.3 that has such a powerful, heartwarming message to us about fear not, you are mine. And that statement of you are mine is coming from the Lord. Have you ever felt like the story of your life has come to the point that it's just a little bit overwhelming, the events of your life, and maybe that everyday life seems to be more than you can handle? It's uh, the recent events of your life are seeming to kind of suck the life out of you, and you start to dwell on those things, and fear and discouragement begins to set in. And when that fear and discouragement starts settling in, and you feel like that maybe you can't handle things anymore, maybe you're not strong enough to go through what you're going through right now, maybe it's tougher than you thought it was going to be. And so when those thoughts begin to flood your mind, then that sense of fear and anxiety begins to set in. And when we are at that point in our life, the greatest thing that we can do is to remind ourselves what these scriptures tell us today, and that is, you are the Lord's. You belong to Him, and there's nothing that is too much for Him to handle, and He will make it through you, or help you make it through the situation that you're in. So I want us to look at these uh, scriptures in Isaiah 43 and see what the Lord had to say through Isaiah to you and I today. Now, the children of Israel were at that time, they had been through some uh, abuse through the Assyrians, they have been kind of uh, taken away from their homeland. So they've gone through some difficult things and they've been abused at a point that things were more than they can handle. But the Lord is telling them and revealing to them that it's because some of the decisions and the sins that they allowed in their life. But the Lord was going to turn things around. And so he is calling out to them to get their attention, to get them off of the thoughts of where they are and the circumstances that seem too overwhelming and consuming and get them to the reality of who they are and whose they are. So let's look at this at Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to read this out in the New King James translation. It says, but now, this is after the Lord is speaking to the children of Israel, after all that they've gone through and what he has revealed to them. He says, but now, thus says the Lord, Who created you, O Jacob? He's setting a kind of a foundation right there. The one who is speaking to you is the Lord, and he is the one who created you. So he's kind of taking everybody at that point, the children of Israel, taking them back to a foundational point of get your mind off of all the things that's going on and the things that are overwhelming to you, and let's get to a foundational point that we need to be at, and that is I am the Lord, the Creator, Jehovah, the self-existing one that brought you into this life. So listen carefully to what I'm about to say. He said, I am the one who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. And then he makes this statement, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. All that in that verse 1 is to bring them to that foundational point of who they are. They're not just a group of people that have been abused and overwhelmed and consumed, but they are the Lord's children. 
And they are his. They belong to him. That's a message that you and I need to grab hold of this morning. That is, no matter where you are in life and what might seem to be consuming you or overwhelming you, remember that you are the Lord's. He's the one that created you. He's the one that formed you. He's the one that has redeemed you and brought you to salvation. You are his. Verse 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. So the Lord in that verse 1 is reminding them foundationally who they are. And then in verse 2, he's revealing to them he knows what they're feeling at that point. The sense of overwhelming and being consumed, feeling like that they're just being tormented. And then in verse 3, he said, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sabaea in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I give men for you and people for your life. The Lord is reminding them that they are precious in his sight, that he loves them, and he is giving up others for their well-being. It's a reminder to you and I that the Lord is still ours. He loves us. We are precious in his sight. He wants to honor us, and he wants to bring about good for our life. Now, verse 5, he comes back to that reminder. He said, fear not, for I am with you. He's trying to take away all the fear, the anxiety, the tension, the overwhelming, consuming feelings that they have. And he said, fear not. Not only am I your Lord and you are mine, but he said, I am with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Lord, I thank you for these precious scriptures this morning. That is a reminder, taking the children of Israel to a foundational truth of who they are and whose they are. A reminder that in the midst of calling their name out, when they're feeling overwhelmed and consumed, calling their name out and reminding them that they belong to you, that you have not forgotten them, you have not forsaken them, and that you are with them in the midst of everything that they're going through, and they will go through it. They'll pass through it. And Lord, it's a reminder to you and I, to all of us today, that Lord, no matter what we're facing in our life, when our life story, and sometimes I tell stories about people's lives, to try to get us to understand a little bit about the illustrative message. But Lord, when it comes to our personal story, there's nothing about our personal story that you're not well aware of and that you're not fully involved in. And so God, I pray that if there's someone here today that has been going through some things and maybe they have felt like it's going to be all right, I can handle this. Some may have felt like, oh, this is heartbreaking. No matter what they felt, sometimes we get to a point of feeling overwhelmed and consumed. And Lord, it's at those points in our life we need to be reminded of who we are and that, your name, that our name is on your lips. And so God, I pray that for those who may be going through some trials and struggles and challenges and disappointments right now, Lord, that they would hear that message, you are mine, 
So don't fear. Don't be filled with anxiousness. I'm here with you. And I'll make it, you'll make it through it with me. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you minister to hearts and lives today. And, Lord, I'll give you the praise and honor and glory. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. You know, as these scriptures, as we look at today, I think that one of the, there's really in that verse 2 is really the central thought that God is trying to bring them to about in the midst of their fears and getting them to realize who they are and who they belong to and get them to overcome and get their focus on who he is and what he can do in their life. And so I believe this is the first point that God wants us to understand from these scriptures, and that is when life seems like a river that is overwhelming you, remember, he said, you are mine. When life seems like a river that is overflowing you, then remember the Lord is saying, you are mine. Now, the Lord used the illustration about a river and that uh, it's flowing, it's overflowing. It's kind of like what we have used in uh, country sayings about the creeks are rising above the banks. And when the creeks are rising, it's been an expression that not only truly a creek that is rising, but in our life, the circumstances, the situations, and the issues of our life are getting more and more overwhelming to us. And so the creeks are rising, meaning that it's getting to a point that the banks are overflowing. And that's what Isaiah is using in these scriptures, that the river is reaching to a point that it is overflowing and has risen to more than the banks can handle. And so it's overflowing the banks. And so it's kind of like an illustrative picture that the Lord has given to the children of Israel, that he's given to us today. And that is, whatever your circumstances in your life are, Whether there's some situations physically, financially, some circumstances in your home, circumstances at work, maybe some circumstances in some extended things of your life, no matter how they may be kind of starting to rise and beginning to get more and more, the Lord has given us the central message of remember you are mine. You know, when things are kind of overwhelming in our life, and I believe that that part where the Lord is using that verse 2 with that situation of the rivers overflowing and rising beyond the banks, it's kind of like that uh, little things in your life are just here and there. You got this responsibility, you got this responsibility, you got this responsibility, and they're all starting to accumulate, right? They're adding up. They're getting more and more, and it's beginning to kind of get to a point that it's overwhelming you. When you're, you know that you're kind of getting to a point that you're overwhelmed when maybe you're taking your shoes and your socks off, getting ready for bed, and you look down at your toenails, and they look like eagle talons. And you think, whew, I need to cut my toenails. But at the same time, you're thinking, I don't have time, and I'm wore out. I'm exhausted. And so you don't take the time. Those toenails continue to grow. Maybe it's a lady that she's doing this, that, and the other, and she looks at her fingernails, and they normally would have been nicely painted, and she looks at them, and she thinks, I look like my fingernails been hit by a sandblaster. But I ain't got time to, I ain't got time to paint them. Things are overwhelming. The little things that you used to just be a part of your life no longer are there. The things that you would just buy automatic, you would automatically do, you suddenly realize you're starting to neglect Maybe it's you came to church on a nice cold morning and as you're coming to church, you look back there and you realize, man, I didn't even put a coat on my kids this morning. 
Those little things that were just a normal part of your life, but now things have started to accumulate and they're overwhelming you. And that sense of, what is happening to me? I just can't handle this anymore. Things have overwhelmed and I can't handle it myself. And when you get to that point in your life, you get focused on the things that are happening and what you're capable of doing. And sometimes we forget the Lord who is there to help us. I read a story, it's back in 1998 when there were some floods and mudslides in California. And I think it was on Laguna Canyon Road. It was a family that lived there. It was a man and his wife. They, they were the, uh, I think it was the Sarabia family. And the Sarabia family, there was the uh, husband that was Carmelo, the wife that was Tiffany. Oh no, her name was Teresa. They had a little nine-year-old who was named Tiffany. And they also had two other older children. And when the time when all these mudslides were occurring, they were in their apartment there in California, and they began to hear some noise and some snapping, and then they suddenly realized that there was a mudslide that was headed their way. And as they were sensing that, the older children were away from them, but little Tiffany that was nine months old was there with them. And so the mother embraces her as they're hearing trees snapping, knowing the mud is coming towards them. She embraces Carmelo, the father, tries to get in front of them and embrace them to try to protect them. Suddenly the mud breaks through their apartment, ends up the two older ones are pushed into a safe area, but the mom and the dad and the little two or the nine-month-old Tiffany are swept away with the mud. And as they're being swept away by the mud, the father and the mother get caught up into a fence and the baby gets swept away from them. And as the mud is sweeping the baby away, they can hear the baby crying and then things over a period of time start to settle down. Mom and dad are both trying to get out of this fence, but they're exhausted, they're covered in mud, they're wrapped in that fencing so they cannot do anything for themselves. And suddenly they realize they can't hear the baby crying anymore. And they begin to think, The mud has overwhelmed us. We can't even help ourselves, and there's our baby that its life may have been taken. Not realizing that the baby had been swept away, but rescuers ended up seeing what appeared to be this lump of mud in an area, and they went to see what was that lump of mud ended up that was little Tiffany. And as they got little Tiffany out, she was fine after they got all the mud away from her. But mom and dad are back thinking, we couldn't do anything for our own little daughter. Eventually, they got rescued, and as the story goes on, they find out that little Tiffany is okay, the other children are okay, and they're all brought together. And they suddenly realize what had happened. They find out that rescuers had saved little Tiffany from that mudslide where she was covered up. And what they could not do for themselves, someone else did for them. That's kind of the way that life can be for us. We need to be reminded that when life seems like a mudslide and it seems to be overwhelming us and we can't even seem to take care of the little things in life like cutting our toenails or making sure our hair is combed or we begin to forget that the children need a coat and we take them out in the cold like they are. It's at those points that we need to be reminded that we belong to the Lord. And there's nothing that overwhelms us that the Lord can't make us through it. I want you to look at those scriptures that I read to you, and I want you to look at that verse 2. It says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. 
What the Lord is reminding us is when the rivers of life seem to be accumulating and things are just kind of overwhelming us, he's saying they will not overflow or consume you or they will not overtake you, but you're going to pass through the waters. Have you ever heard the old saying, just say how many people are as old as me. How many of you have heard the old saying, this too shall pass? All right. Looks like even some younger folks. Not right here. They ain't never heard of that. That saying, this too shall pass, is an expression meaning that when you're in a time in your life that seems to be overwhelming, you have passed through some other things, and you're going to pass through this. That's kind of what the message is that the Lord has given us in that verse too, and that is the waters or the circumstances of life seem to be overwhelming you, but this too shall pass. You're going to make it through this. And no matter how you've been seemed overwhelmed recently in your life, let me tell you, that same message is to you today, and that is, this too shall pass, you're going to make it through. So when we look at this scripture, the Lord is reminding us that when life seems like a river that is overwhelming you, remember the Lord said, you are mine. But then he goes from that river to a fire. Is he really just kind of talking about the same thing, just a different illustrative picture? I think it's a little bit deeper, a little bit more of seeming at a point in our life that we're being consumed. Not just overwhelmed, but consumed. Life being sucked out of us. You see, if we look at that latter part about the fire, we're reminded of this, and that is when life seems like a fire that is consuming you, the Lord says, remember, you are mine. It's one thing to be at a point in life that maybe things are just adding up and they're getting a little overwhelming, but it's a stronger point in your life when it seems like it's gone from a river to a fire. When it seems like the fire is consuming you and actually taking your life out of you. And you just feel like that there's no life left in you. There's nothing else. This can be kind of, I guess the difference kind of being overwhelmed and being consumed can be the difference between just having more stuff to do than you think that you can do to a point that things are happening in your life out of your control that are taking the life out of you. It might be a death that's taking the life out of you. It might be a divorce that you're going through that's taking the life out of you. It might be consuming debts that seems to be just sucking your finances out from under you. But the difference between overwhelming is I just can't seem to keep everything up to being consumed is it's taking the life out of me. As we look at these scriptures this morning, the Lord made the statement about this fire And he made two statements in it. He said that when you walk through the fire, notice that word through, meaning you're going to go through it, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. What the Lord is saying is when you're at a point in your life, whether it's going through a divorce or going through death or getting in a situation where debt seems to be piling and it's sucking out all of your finances, and it just seems like it's taking the life out of you, the Lord is saying here that you're going to make it through this fiery circumstances you're going in your life and it's not going to leave permanent damage to you you're not going to be burned it's not going to totally consume you it's not going to make permanent damage on you but you're going to go through the fire you're going to make it through it and he's going to be with you you know when I was uh, reading these scriptures the central thing that the Lord was saying was you are mine 
Now I want you, if you would, go back for just a second and look at this verse 1. He said, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. And that word redeemed means I have purchased you, I have brought you back, I have brought you into my my well-being. And he says, I have called you by your name. Now, when you hear that expression, I have called you by your name, that can mean a lot of different things, doesn't it? When I was growing up, when I was a kid, if I was doing something outside and my mom said, Brett, that just meant, you know, she was trying to see where I was, whatever. That's fine. Brett. But if I was outside doing something or if I was in the midst of something and then I heard a voice said, Brett Dwayne Yeager. Suddenly everything changed. It's like my heart just dropped into my stomach and I'm thinking, what have I done now? Or I already knew what I had done and I'm thinking, they found out. I didn't think they would ever find out. I remember one time I got in trouble with my dad. Uh, my dad had a motorcycle dealership. I, well, I told you all that. And one time and he had got a, uh, a, a mini bike traded in. And I would gotten in trouble. And so he had grounded me from riding the mini bike. And so he put the mini bike up in the shop. Now, they were normally stored somewhere else. But he put the mini bike up in the shop, locked it up. And he told me, he said, now you're grounded from riding the mini bike till you learn your lesson. He gave, I think it was going to be a week or something like that. He says, I don't want you riding the mini bike. So my dad goes off to work and so forth, and I'm at home. It's during the summertime, and I'm thinking, hmm, he's at work. He don't know what's happening. I can check out exactly how that mini bike is sitting in there. I can fix me some little markings to know exactly how the wheels are turned. I'm trying to think like my dad, you know, because I'm thinking he's, he's figured out some way to know if that mini bike's been moved, you know. So I look at how the door, I look to see if he's put any tape on the back of the door or anything, you know, to see if I've opened the door. I checked out everything. I convinced myself I can ride this mini bike and he will never know. So I got the mini bike. I rode it. I put it back up. I put everything exactly the way it was. I locked the door back. I made sure the keys were put back where they normally are. Everything was laying exactly perfect. That evening, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm good. My dad goes out shop, does different things, comes to the house. Brett Dwayne Yeager. Oh, God. What did I? How, did he find out? He said, uh, did you ride that mini bike today? Fear is setting in. I'm thinking, do I lie or tell the truth? I'm going with a lie. No? You sure you didn't ride that mini bike today? I didn't ride it. Red, did you know that mini bike has a speedometer on it with a tells how many miles it's got on it? I'm going, I put that thing back where it was, was. I checked the door. I did I put the keys exactly right. You mean that thing tells how many miles is on it? He said, son, when I put that mini bike up, I checked to see what the odometer said. 
And it's not the same as when I put it up. At that point, inside I'm beginning to say my last prayers and getting my (laughs) preparation to meet the Lord. But when he called my name, I knew something was different. Now, there are other times that when you hear your name, it's got something good behind it. When I looked at these scriptures and it says, I have called you by your name, I began to really dig into what was saying there. And it said, I have called you by your name. And the word call there means to shout it out, to draw attention. And so when I read it, I have called you by your name, it's like the Lord calling out to get our attention, right? So that suddenly we realize he is speaking to us. He wants us to know that he is here, that he is present, that he sees us. I have called you by your name. But it says that you are mine. And I studied that a little more, and the expression that is used called your name is not only an expression that can be used where you're fully making it known to get someone's attention, but it's also used to make someone else know who you're addressing. So when the scripture says, I have called you by your name and you are mine, it's a reminder to you and I that when the devil is messing with our lives and he seems to try to be throwing things that are overwhelming us and consuming us and we're beginning to be filled with fear, it's that the Lord is saying, when the devil's messing with you, let me know I have said, hey, devil, that's Michael and he is mine. Hey, devil, that's Debbie and she is mine. Hey, devil, that's Jim, and he is mine. See, the Lord is letting us know here that not only does he know all that's going on in our life, but he reminds us not only that we are his, but when the devil is messing with our life, he reminds the devil who we are and whose we belong to. Let me tell you this morning, no matter what it seems to be overwhelming you in your life or consuming you in your life, Be reminded the Lord knows your name and he knows what all is going on in your life and you are going to make it through. This too shall pass. But if you feel like the devil's just really got a hold of you and he's throwing everything at your life and you're thinking, does the the Lord know what the devil's doing to me? Just know he's calling out your name and he's reminding the devil that you are his and there's only so much that he can do when he belongs to you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, and Lord, I thank you, God, for this precious scripture that reminds us of who we are and whose we are. And Lord, I don't know what everybody is facing in their life right now. I don't know what things may have hit in their life, but Lord, sometimes it's just like things are just kind of accumulating, and the little things that we used to just kind of normally take care of. We're not able to handle it anymore. We've neglected it. Things have overwhelmed us. It's kind of like a river that's overflowing. It's more than we can handle. And Lord, there may be somebody here today that some circumstances in their life has caused the river to rise and it's overflowing and it's, it's more than they can handle right now. And Lord, I want to just lift them up to you, God, that they would remember whose they are, that they're yours Let them hear your voice say, you are mine. You are precious. I love you. Fear not. I will not leave you or forsake you. I have not forgotten you. Lord, there may be some others that 
Things are a little bit worse, a little bit deeper. It's gone beyond just more things than they can handle. They can't get it all done in a day's time. But, Lord, it's gone from a river that's overflowing to a fire that is consuming. Lord, there may be some that are going through some situations in their life right now that it seems like the fire is consuming their life, consuming everything that they have, leaving them with nothing and no life to live out. And, Lord, both areas of our life can get us to a point that we just kind of get consumed with fear. But, Lord, I pray that they will hear their name being called out to them right now. Your voice saying, you are mine. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I have not forgotten you. Lord, may they hear your voice themselves personally calling out. But, Lord, if it just seems like the devil is hammering at them and beating them down, Lord, I pray that you'll call their name out to where the devil can hear it today. And hear their name called out. And the devil to hear them, hear you say, Lord, that they are yours, that we are yours. And there's nothing that he can bring into our life that you can't handle. And there's only so much that you will allow. So God, may we be remember, reminded today to remember, fear not, for we are yours. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'll minister to some lives today to renew them, to refresh them, to surround them with others. Matter of fact, there may be some in the service today that even right now, God is speaking to your heart. Maybe you're even thinking about the things that are overwhelming you or consuming you right now at this point in your life. Maybe you just need to slide out of your pew and just come kneel at this altar and just say, Lord, I need you. I need to be reminded that I am yours. Lord, that you're never going to leave me or forsake me. You haven't forgotten me. So if that's you today, would you just come right now? Just come and kneel at this altar and just call upon the Lord and let him come and minister to you, remind you. Let me remind you of what he said, that you are precious, that he loves you, that he created you, that he formed you, and he's not going to invest that much in you and just forsake you. So if you need to come and pray this morning for what you're going through in your life right now, would you just come? Not only will the Lord meet you there, But the others will meet you as well. Others that will come and put their arms around you. Pray for you. Be there for you in this time of need. Would you come? Don't carry that burden with you. Remember, he's calling out your name. And he's saying, you are mine. I have redeemed you. I formed you. I love you. I know what's going on, but I'm going to take you through it. This too shall pass. You're going to walk through this fire. Not only is the Lord going to walk with you, but others will walk with you too. Would you come? Just got more things than you can handle, more things than you can get done in a day. Maybe you're dealing with a death, a divorce. Maybe you're dealing with death that's just seeming to consume you. Would you just come and lay it on the altar? Lord, I want to lift up to you this morning those, God, who are in this altar and those whom your Holy Spirit is speaking to to minister to them where they are. Lord, I've seen some come that, Lord, that they just seem to have things kind of pressing around them. Lord, some tears are flowing because it's kind of overwhelming them. Lord, whatever level they're at, God, I'm praying that you would just surround them. 
Some are praying with some this morning. Others have come and they need others to come and pray with them. Maybe some other ladies to come and pray this morning. Would you come and surround some of these that are praying, that need prayer? Yes. Come and put your your spirit with their spirit and minister to them. Are there others that need to come this morning? God's calling your name. You are mine. I've got this. We're going to go through the waters. We're going to pass through them. We're going to walk through the fire. You're going to come out without this permanent damage. You won't be burned. You won't be scorched. Because you are mine. You're precious in my sight. I want to honor you. I love you. Fear not, for I am with you. Lord, I just pray, God, that you just continue to minister as only you can this morning. God, I pray that nobody will leave here today with that same sense of being overwhelmed that maybe they came in. Lord, I pray that nobody will leave here today with a sense that, they, that things of life are just consuming them. They feel like that just everything's taking the life out of them. Lord, may nobody leave that way. But may they leave with some renewed strength, some renewed courage. Maybe even some renewed people that are there walking with them. And Lord, I'm going to give you the praise and honor and glory. Lord, maybe there's somebody here today that maybe they've never accepted you as their personal Savior. Maybe they need to give their heart and life to you right now, right where they're at. If that's you today, if you're unsure of your salvation or maybe you've never been saved, would you pray this prayer this morning? Dear Lord, I feel your Holy Spirit speaking to me. And Lord, I know I've made some mistakes in my life. But today I ask for your forgiveness. I turn my life over to you. And I ask you to save my soul. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning with me, you made the greatest decision of your life. We had one last week that prayed that prayer, beginning a new journey with the Lord. There may be others. But if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to know before you leave, I want to say a prayer for you. So maybe in this song of invitation, you just come and take my hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Or maybe it's as you leave this morning, you come by and shake my hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. But I want to help you as you begin your journey of walking with the Lord. God, may you have your precious will done today. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.